Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. So as you can see in the video of Ben and Madison, they're having a little bit of trouble with their bike. Uh, When a part is missing that was intended to be there, intended for it to work properly and to work well, it's just not as easy. As Madison said in the video, it was tiring. How about when somebody at work goes on holidays or maybe is sick? Do things operate in the workplace as smoothly? I'm guessing if you have the right person in the right job that they probably don't. Um, I'm in my husband's garage, we are again this week, and he assembles many things. He builds many things. And this here is his electric drill. And without the bit that goes inside of it, it is absolutely useless. And what if I found a bit to put in it, but it was the wrong one for the job, the wrong screw for the job? So like the bike and like this drill, we have a part to play that is needed to make this church body work. A part that is a part is useless. Like Pastor John said last week, a part that is a part is useless if we aren't assembled. So last week, Pastor John began this series called Some Assembly Required. And when he began this series, we started in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. So I'm going to just take a second to pray, and then I'm going to read that scripture and just bring us back to where we were last week. So, Father God, I I thank you for today. And Lord, I, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that each one of us has been given a gift by you to use for you, Father. So Lord, I just ask that whoever's listening in, that you speak to them in a very clear way of what their part in the body is, Father. So come, Holy Spirit, as I try really hard to communicate the message that you've placed on my heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our assembly together as it is a habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we learned that assembling together is essential to our perseverance in the faith. And we aren't just talking about physically assembling in the service. This is assembling together as a church body. We each have a part to play in the church body. And like Pastor John reminded us last week, there is going to come a day that we only have each other. And it's important that we start to take that seriously. So we need to be encouraging one another. We talked a little bit about that. I want to tell you about a story. So you've heard me many times talk about running, but a long time ago, I had actually decided to run a full marathon. So it's over 42 kilometers. And yes, it was a crazy thing to do, but something that I was extremely proud of. Um, And that morning, all the runners wake up, they're nervous, really nervous, but you're prepared. So you're ready, you're excited to do this race. Um, when you're running along the route, there is a kilometer marker at a time, clocking each kilometer as you go. 
And whenever most of us get to about that nine kilometer, 10 kilometer marker, I'll have to tell you that I start to feel very discouraged. And it's because there's so much further to go and I'm already feeling it, I'm already tired. But at most races, especially the one that I wrote, that I was in, about every five kilometers or so, they have these awesome stations set up. And at the stations, there's water and Gatorade, but there's these people all standing along, all these volunteers, clapping, cheering you on, patting you on the back, screaming at you. Some of them have signs, some of them are in costumes. It's just so cool. And you would just run into this encouragement about every five kilometers. And these volunteers meant it. Most of them were runners, so they knew what they were talking about. They were so happy and excited to see us. So at one of the stations, they had great music playing, like great upbeat music. And anyone who knows me knows that I absolutely love Rocky, the Rocky movies. Um, there's only two collections that I watch each and every year, and that's Anna Green Gables and Rocky. Extremely different movies, but what I'll tell you is that one of those stations, Eye of the Tiger was playing, and it's like, duh, 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 duh. And I'm like, yes, like I can do this. I could have ran like probably 50 kilometers that day just by hearing that Eye of the Tiger music. And that's what I want the church to look like. I'm not talking about it to be silly or to make jokes. I'm actually, I'm not talking about fake happiness and, and fake joy. I mean, it's important to be polite to each other, but I'm actually talking about real joy. We've been given this gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul says we are to run, we are running a race together. Earlier in Hebrews, it actually talks about how running the race with endurance. That's the encouragement that you get, that kilometer marker after kilometer marker, or that five kilometers at a time from your brothers and your sisters in your church body. Fixing your eyes on the finish line and fixing your eyes on Jesus. So before I go into the new scripture where I'm going to spend most of my time today, there's one thing that I want to tell you just right off the bat. And one truth that I want you to walk away with today. And I want you, I really hope that you hear this and begin to understand it and start to explore it. You, whoever you are looking at this online or if you're in service, you are important to the health of our church and the unity within our church body. You. Every one of you has a part to play. Saskatoon can be a lonely place. The world, a very lonely place. And the world just keeps getting bigger, but yet there's this extreme loneliness everywhere we go. So on one hand, we're feeling more connected because of technology, but on the other hand, people are feeling more disconnected than they've ever been. And the sad thing is, is this is in our churches too. It can be a very lonely place in our church. The bigger we get, the larger we are, funny enough, the more isolated people start to feel. And in this crazy time in this world right now, we know what isolation feels like. We know what it's like not to be with one another. So I'm going to take you to 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 26. And this will be where I spend most of our time today. And just before this portion of scripture, they're talking about, Paul's talking about spiritual gifts. 
And we learn in that scripture that God has given each of us at least one spiritual gift. And these gifts are not for you. <gasps> what? Not for you. They are for others. Paul says for the common good. So my gift is actually about you. And it's not about me. It's about being a blessing to you and building up the church body. But the problem is with these Corinthian believers who Paul is talking to, was they had it all wrong. They either thought, my gift isn't very important, so therefore, I'm not really important. I don't really count. Then there's others that said that my gift is really important, and I am more superior than others. They were using the good things that God had gave them, and it was actually bringing disunity. So Paul then goes on to explain this using the physical human body as a picture. So what does it mean to belong in the body? And I hope that most people here today that are tuning in online feel like the neighborhood church is their home, that they call this church the home. And if not, we would love to be your church or we would like to find ways to walk with you and be part of your life. So I'm gonna give you three important things that I've learned from this scripture about what our body should look like. So the first one, we are connected to each other. So starting at verse 12, so 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, it says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, so that's everyone, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. So I'm going to stop there for a second because Paul is talking about the body of Christ as one. We are all baptized into the same spirit. We are not baptized into different spirits. Baptism actually carries this identification that comes with it. In other words, the Christian community is one in unity because we're all identified in the same spirit, which is the spirit of, the God, spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit. We're all on the same team. So Paul is about to help them understand that whatever dividing lines that they have created are artificial and unnecessary. And this is what is leading to the chaos within, within their midst. And the sad reality is, is this is still happening in our churches. Uh, for many churches all over the world, they still create these dividing lines over skin color, over class, over education, over cultures, economics, politics. You can go on and on. And Paul says, this is ridiculous. You have all been identified in the same spirit of God, one spirit, and that spirit breeds unity. Any division that we can throw up that would isolate other people from being part of our family of God is completely artificial. It breathes disunity. Because here's the bottom line, and this is the one that none of us like to hear. Every one of us, myself included, are sinners separated from God. And it doesn't matter the color of your skin, your gender, how smart you are, how much money you have, what your politics are. This is the great unifier of mankind. Everyone is at the foot of the cross on bended knee in need of a savior. Every single one of us. So I continue at 14. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. 
And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. So I love the imagery here. The church is described as a human body. When you think of your body, there are many parts. Some that you can't see, but it all makes up the body and it's all connected to one another. If it's not connected, if your human body parts are not connected, you're in a world of hurt, aren't you? Such as us, we're all connected. When we come together to worship the Lord and we stand in this awe and this reverence to him, we're connected in that moment. We hear God speak to us and he does some great things in our midst. We're connected in that moment. When someone gives their life to the Lord or is baptized, we're connected in that amazing moment. We can take this connection even further and step into groups, into smaller settings where people you meet, you do your life with, that you pray over, that you encourage each other, you grow with, you work things out with, you serve alongside them, people who miss you when you're gone. See, many people would say that their relationship with Christ is personal. And certainly I would say that when you first come into the family of God. This is a personal choice. You come to Christ on your own as we respond through the Holy Spirit. But see, what happens after that, to me, and I, I believe, is anything but personal. Once you become a Christian and enter into the family of God, the moment that we are saved, the moment that you're adopted into the family of God, the moment you go from death to life, you, have, you and I are grafted together into this body which we call the church. We are connected to one another. See, what if my human body was only working at 80%? It's probably not a good thing. What if Pastor Joel is the foot of our church and he's gone? We're limping. That's what happens. And what about, have you ever stubbed your toe or stepped on Lego, and you have the most amount of pain that goes through your body. It's, it's all connected. It's all affecting each other. So we are all connected to each other. So now number two, we need each other. So I start back up at 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the, head can, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it. So in our church, we have infants to seniors. We have different cultures, different races. We have men, we have women, we have people that talk differently. We have people with accents. We have doctors, we have nurses, we have plumbers, stay-at-home moms, hairdressers, people with no education, people with so much education. And I can keep going. So the point that Paul is trying to make is in this room, online, right now, and in our church, there is a tremendous diversity of gifts and talents 
and skills. And this diversity is absolutely necessary for us to function well. Guess what? That means we don't all have to be the same. And no one body part is any more important than the other. It's like this. I don't think much about my intestines until something goes wrong and I get sick, right? Every single part is important, but here's the problem. Some people are like, man, the feet just aren't as glamorous as the hands and I'm just a foot. Or eyes are way more beautiful than ears and I'm just an ear. And Paul says, don't you understand that every single member is important for us to function well? Think about the opposite of member. It's dismember. Who wants to be a bunch of body parts laying all around? Does that seem healthy to you? No. Like Pastor John said, a part that is a part is useless. We need our parts to be assembled together. This is the body that comes together. And when the body comes together and everyone plays his or her part, it's a beautiful thing because all the needs are met, every single one of them. There are people here today, people tuning in, people in our services who call this place their, their home and they have needs, needs that only you can meet in a very specific way. What are you doing about that? You have needs that only other people within our church can meet in a very specific way. God brings many different people together and the way that he has gifted us is different too. In the verse ahead of it, when we talked about gifts and he, it, it was talking about different gifts before we got into 1 Corinthians 12 and in it, you'll read that every person that belongs to the body of Christ has been gifted in some way to build up the body of Christ, not just for you, but for others. And I'd mentioned that before. And some of you, some of these gifts will be in your face and we'll see them all the time. And others are behind the scenes. Ones that you don't even know that are there until the work stops getting done. All of us need to be operating these gifts to make this body run well. I have many things that I am not good at, but there are things that I am good at. And same for you. The things that I'm good at paired with the things that you're good at makes this thing work. The things that I'm weak at paired with your strengths make this work. So guess what that means? We need each other. And we tend to attract people who are like us. I will attract people who are more like me, just like you will attract people who are more like you. And that's why we need so much diversity in this place. Different talents, different backgrounds, different stories, different gifts, you name it, we need the different. Because us working together, we are able to reach way more people than just one person can alone. We need each other and whatever your role is here at the Neighborhood Church, church it, is not in, it, 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 it is not insignificant. Without you, it is impossible for us to do what God is calling us to be in Saskatoon as the Neighborhood Church. Impossible. So we've said that we are connected to one another, that we need each other, and now we are to care for each other. This one I like. Well, I like it all, but I really like this. So we go to 25 and 26, so that there should be no division in the body, 
but that its parts should have an equal concern for each other. See, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to cause disunity. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So I would say that we have celebration down pretty good. Uh, if someone's saved or baptized, we hoot and holler. If uh, there's a new group started, um, a new, if we start to grow, if there's community events, we celebrate victories, church planting. In our groups, we should be celebrating this, our big victories, our little victories, birthdays, anniversaries, you name it. Tons of reasons to celebrate. And we love to celebrate, but suffering, maybe not so much. Have you ever been having the greatest day and then Debbie Downer walks in and tells you all the things that she's suffering about and it's like wah, 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 and it takes your day down a notch. According to scripture, we're commanded to suffer together. And I'm telling you, suffering with other people is hard because we have not been conditioned to do so. So here's what I mean. Pick any superhero movie that you can think of in your head. I'm going to pick Gladiator just because I feel like a lot of people know that one. So Gladiator is about this guy and he loses his family. He loses his job. He loses everything. And the rest of the movie, he fights hundreds of people until he gets to the top. So many movies condition us for this, I got this mentality. If we're suffering or things are going bad, it's like, don't get close to people. Don't get too close. I don't want to show my weaknesses. I got this. I'll do this myself. I'll just pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'll get this job done. I'm suffering, sure, but I'm just going to work harder, grit my teeth, and get it done. But according to scripture, according to this text, we are to nurture one another. And that especially happens when we suffer. So what are the two main reasons that we suffer? So the first one is sin. Our sinfulness destroys everything that we touch. And there's this perception that it's just a little sin or it's my little problem or it's not hurting my kids or my marriage or my work or my friends or even maybe my church. But that's not true. <laughs> that's a false perception because sin destroys everything that it touches. And we, what we tend to do, well, what I do, I can speak for myself here, is I isolate myself because of the shame or the fear or the embarrassment. And so we isolate. And many times from the exact people that God has placed in your life to actually get you out of that sin. We, but we still do it. We isolate. We've been conditioned to isolate ourselves. We are not going to step into these open and honest relationships. And I don't want to bash social media because there's a lot of great things out there. But the reality is, is often this is people's highlights reel, right? This is their best of collection. And this is really challenging to people, especially our younger generation. My pictures that I post are usually my family pictures or us having like a great time together or ministry. It's not me yelling at my husband, uh, screaming at my kids, not forgiving somebody, messing up. Those aren't the pictures that you're seeing on there. And so what happens if we look at this stuff and we start to compare our lives with others? I wish I was like that, but I'm not. We go inward and we think if people are going to get to know me, they aren't going to like me. So it's all about image control in a day. I'm only going to release exactly what I want to make you think so that you think a certain way about me. 
then it becomes this endless cycle of all of us putting out these projections and we just end up burying each other in it. And our souls are longing for what is real and authentic and vulnerable. We are made to have real life relationships. And we wanna take that seriously at the neighborhood church. And I wanna just talk about this for two seconds, but we want every person that calls the neighborhood church their home to be involved in a group and to have this experience. They're gonna launch in the fall, and I know we've got lots of questions about all what's happening with the regulations, but there'll be some online, in home, in the church, and it's time to truly interact with each other, be real with each other, care for each other. We don't always recognize this, but God created us for this purpose. Like we need each other. We, we need you. Have you ever watched Animal Planet or National Geographic? You'll see these lions or wolves, especially hyenas. They will follow a herd, like hundreds of animals together, and they'll follow it and follow it until one of them kind of separates. Then they go after that one. They kick into this turbo gear and they go, 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 wearing that sucker down till they kill them. Well, that's what the enemy does with our sin, you see. He tries to isolate us. That's where he lives. Because if he can get you away from the body, he can get you away from your people, get you away from each other, he can get us. So don't suffer in isolation. Those who God has placed in your life to encourage you and to walk with you and to point you in the truth of the scriptures, that's where you need to be. That's why we have a body. The world is going to tell you, look after you. I get that. And if it feels good, just do it. Do whatever makes you happy. But God actually says in Proverbs that there is a way to man that seems right but leads to destruction. So we need each other. We will suffer the consequences of sin together. Walk together, always pointing to this repentance and aligning our lives with scripture. And the other reason for sin, or the other reason for suffering. So we talked about sin, and this is a really hard one, and it's grief. I know this couple who has had a sweet, sweet baby girl. And she was born with major heart issues. Hundreds and hundreds of hospital visits. Um, nights that the baby couldn't eat, wouldn't eat. And the mom and dad were up for days. But you want to know who was there for them? The church. More specifically, their group. They would sit with the baby so the parents could sleep. More than 200 days they were in the hospital since she was born. You know who showed up and cleaned their house during those long visits? The church, their group. Whenever the doctor gave them more hopeless news and they'd say to themselves, oh, maybe this is the will for her life and it's important how we walk through it. Do you know who weeped and cried with them? Their church, their group. Then they heard of a surgery in Toronto that a doctor was actually willing to try to do. Very, very risky, but they wanted to try anything. You know who went with them to church? One of their brothers from the group, they flew with them. They had to stay there for 66 days. You know who helped fund 
that trip, the church, their group, you know, who stayed with their kids when they couldn't see their other kids for 66 days, their church, their group, their family. Then they actually had to move away. Uh, They'd only been there for a month and their father died of cancer. And you want to know who drove four provinces over to be with them? Their church, their group. That's what it means to belong. That right there. You don't get that by being anonymous. You don't get that by slipping in and out of a service. You don't get that by attending your home group 80% of the time. You get that by investing your life here. Not here like the building here or the service here. Here like the people here. Rejoice together, suffer together, and God's glorified as we care for each other. I think our church is is pretty fantastic. Um, I'm grateful for all those who serve, um, those that get involved in groups, and those who are loving and caring for people behind the scenes that you don't even know about. But we have lots of room for growth. And how do I know that? Because if every single person that calls the neighborhood church their home, if every single person served and functioned as their body part, we would never have to ask for anything. Everyone was to be in a group and connect with others. No one would be lonely and have to do life alone. And the gospel would be extended. Think of it this way. Your name is written on the hearts of the people that call this church their home. I hope you know that, that your name is written on the hearts of your brothers and sisters that call this church their home. And think about that for a second. There are lots of people who are kind and generous and give of themselves, but Paul could have just said, just go serve and do something. But instead he gives you the theology behind it, talking about how we're all parts of the body of Christ. Do you remember what it took for us to be the part of the body of Christ? It took Jesus to the cross. Jesus had to die to place you in the family of God. Our punishments that we deserved fell upon Jesus. He submitted to the will of God for us. Jesus took his hands off the wheel of his life and died for you so that you can take the hands off the wheel of your life to live for him. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What could be our excuse in holding us back from that? God has given us so much. Your name is written on my heart and my name on yours. So some assembly is required. Each of us have a part to play. A part that is a part is useless.